When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. What else is out there? We got the <laughs> Spotify, I already mentioned that, Audible. Uh, it's still not on Podbean, at least I don't think so. It was, and things got funky. This and that, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thanks once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board talking hockey with you once again today with the sun shining and the wild looking way better against the New York Rangers versus a lot of junk. The Minnesota Wild wind up somehow, some way going two and two out of the four games. Well, we survived. I mean, we actually came out of it without a losing record. That's good. Uh, <laughs> in some ways... Some people might not have been all too surprised with the Wild maybe beating Philadelphia at Buffalo and then losing to Dallas and the New York Rangers. So I guess it kind of semi-averaged itself out. But obviously the Buffalo game was quite a nasty game and things absolutely bottomed out versus Dallas. Philadelphia game was just sloppy and how the heck did we win almost? It was almost like that. Like, yeah, I mean, we won only because Philadelphia is that bad. No offense to Mike Yo, John Torchetti, or Chuck Fletcher. Um, I think the best out of those three is John Torchetti. The rest of them, I think that's okay. Uh, even though a lot of people would tell you it's not really Mike Gill's fault with what really happened in that locker room over the course of time. There was a lot of selfish players in that locker room on both sides uh, of the equation. It was a Minnesota Wild civil war for about six years there, which was really nice. Good, good stuff. Okay, well, we'll talk about one guy who was on one of the sides of the civil war, I suppose, with the veterans. We're going to talk about Miko Koivu a little bit. Of course, his number will be retired versus Nashville. Okay, we're going to retire his number versus the National Predators. Well, I'm glad we didn't retire it last week playing the Dallas Stars, a team that Miko Koivu actually owned, to be quite fair. He was very good against the Dallas Stars. I always said Miko Koivu is probably the guy that's going to score against Dallas. Uh, Koivu wasn't exactly the scoring machine that some people would have hoped. Obviously, he was a very, very familiar name because of his brother Saku Koivu of the Montreal Canadiens. 
for years before that, uh, definitely a significantly younger brother, ended up being a significantly larger brother as well. Leadership, abilities, this, that. Uh, Wes Walls was one of the first people who was like, this guy could easily be a captain of this team and all that. And then, you know, a very young Miko Koivu said, Wallsy's a liar, basically. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Koivu ended up, you know, well, obviously his English is fantastic. He sounds very professional when he talks. At the same time, a lot of people frustrated with how he would handle losses at times. Obviously, it's a competitive thing. People get mad. People are frustrated. They don't really want to say a whole lot. But there's got this. But there's the C on the chest. There's some responsibilities of that. All kinds of debates. So Koivu will definitely be a uh, centerpiece of the show in a lot of ways, positive and negative, of course. He's, he's a debated figure. Um, there's a big debate about whether Miko Koivu should have his number retired at all, to be quite fair. Not because he was bad, but because, well, retirement uh, retiring somebody's number usually involves one thing, uh, one thing or another thing. Uh, winning championships, going to the Hall of Fame, uh, award after award after award, like a bunch of Selkie trophies, this and that. And this one, it felt like being good for a long time. Uh, so that's where the debate comes in. Let's hear what Judd Zolget had to say real quick. Who doesn't get it? I come with receipts for this one. Who doesn't get it? Your local hockey team, the Minnesota Wild. And no, it has nothing to do with their uh, struggles, with their goaltending problems, with their uh, name, with their jersey. Uh Uh-uh. The Wild doesn't get it because on Sunday before they play the Nashville Predators, they're going to retire the number nine of Miko Koivu. And I have only one thing to say. It's not too late. It's not too late to announce today that you are creating a ring of honor and that Miko is going into that. But his number nine will at least remain in circulation and not be in the rafters. You don't get it because you're retiring a jersey for the sake of doing it instead of for the sake of greatness. Here are the receipts. Miko Koivu, who played for the Wild for 15 seasons in the playoffs, 11 goals, 28 points, a minus 18 in 59 playoff games. Those are the individual stats. But keep in mind, a minus 18, all right? Okay, so those are the those are the stats. But let me give you the mark of greatness, which is how far did your team go? Like, I don't care what your stats are because you, you probably want to stay on the cup, right? 15 seasons. I mean, you certainly made it to a finals, right? In the playoffs, Miko Koivu's teams, and keep in mind, he was the captain for a long time here, I think starting around circa 2009. 2-8 in playoff series. In those 10 playoff series, the Minnesota Wild, with Koivu on their roster, 18 wins, 37 defeats. They missed the playoffs seven times, almost half the times in his 15 years. And yet you are going to raise a number. It's a team sport. And yet you are going to raise a number. Exactly. It is a team sport. But did you lift your team up? Were you part of a team sport in which you lifted your team up? And the answer is no, you weren't. Number nine is hockey royalty. It is the equivalent of number three in baseball. Babe Ruth started it in baseball. You know what? The Twins. Number three, Harmon Killebrew. You know, I'm Baseball bad with numbers royalty. in sports. I couldn't have even told Baseball you Baseball royal Random Jersey recall coming to Mackey. And number nine. Number nine for the North Stars slash Dallas Stars. Mikey Madano, 100% great player. Gordie Howe wore nine. Rocket Richard wore nine. This is one of the most beloved, important 
numbers, and yet you are going to take it out of circulation for a guy who in 10 playoff series, as captain for much of this time, helped his team win two playoff series. It's not too late to get it and to decide today that Miko Koivu 100% deserves a ceremony, a video, and a place in the new Minnesota North Star slash Wild NHL Ring of Honor that I'm going to help the Wild. In fact, I will pro bono. Pro bono, Sports Dad will help you create this. We'll create a nook and a cranny and we'll put a surly tap in the corner of the X somewhere to, to create this. But for the love of God, all that's good, you're going to raise number nine to the rafters to go aside, to go alongside the number one for the fans? I mean, I don't even want to talk about that. That's one of the most right. disgusting things that I've seen. So anyway, you don't get it. And here's the thing. I'm willing to help you get it. That was uh, Judd Zolgat's take on the Mackey and Judd show on March the 8th, my brother's 44th birthday. Wow, we're getting old. I'm turning 43 in July. Yeah, that's how old the host of Brave the Wild is. I wasn't even 30 years old when I started the show. So, Nana and Boo Boo to all of you that, that uh, say you've been doing podcasts for a while. No, you haven't. <laughs> some 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 of us have been doing them even longer. Not about me. It's about Miko. Uh, see, I'm the Miko Koivu of, of Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcasting. See, maybe I'm not the Kirill Kaprizov, but I'm the Koivu. I've been around, and I've been, I think I've been okay. I don't think I've been terrible. Um, and I don't think I've been virtually invisible like Nick Schultz was the last seven years of his career in Minnesota. <laughs> he was virtually invisible, wasn't he? He was okay. Um, that's definitely a number you don't retire. Um, I'm kind of on Judd's side, honestly. And <clears throat> did, was he dissing Koivu? I don't think so. I think he's saying he was really good. He was really valuable and easy choice for Ring of Honor. This and that. It might come off as like, really? You're going to just say hell no and blah, blah, blah. Well, it is the number nine. And the number nine is a very historic number, like the Gordie Howes and such. Of course, Mike McDonald. So number nine will never be worn again for Minnesota Wild. Neither will number one. So, no Brian Hayward or anybody like that with the Minnesota North Stars many years ago wearing the number one. Or like a Marty Turco with the Dallas Stars. And Why do I care about the Stars so much all of a sudden? Especially after the whooping they put on us. That sucked. Um, I mean, the numbers, it's kind of like Garnett offensively when it comes to Koivu. And then Garnett was a historically uh, good defensive player. That's the difference. That's a big difference. Obviously, a historically good defensive player. And, you know, great passer, this and that. Like, he was a great basketball player. Obviously, it's a different sport, blah, blah, blah. But in a lot of ways, how Garnett's offense was kind of limited. Koivu's offense, kind of limited. I mean, he was good. He had some great seasons for Minnesota. Um, 16-17, 15-16. Those are two of his best seasons, I think. Ultimately, 56 points and 58, respectively. And he stayed healthy. Obviously, he was a little injury-prone with Koivu at times. But at the same time, there was some bad luck as well. 07-08 had his leg broken from Matthias Oland, wound up with only 42 points in 50 uh, in only 57 games. So he might have had an unbelievable season that year. The next year he had 67, did Koivu. 71 the next year in 9-10, which was a very mediocre season under Todd Richards. His career high for goals, 22. And that was in that 71-point season, the only time Koivu reached 70 points. Uh, put this in perspective. Koivu played 80 games, very, very durable and blah 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 22 goals, 49 assists, 71 points. Kirill Kaprizov already has 71 points. Yeah, Kirill Kaprizov has 71 points in 54 games already. And Koivu's only missed, or Koivu. Kaprizov, slight contrast there. Just slight. Um, yeah, in only 54 games, not because of injury, but because of, uh, well, you know, we got many games to go. Kaprizov has been very consistent on uh, maintaining a uh, 
pays to about 106 points. He's still at 106, despite this, despite that. You know, uh, that's how consistent uh, Kaprizov is. Now I'm getting into the Ks here. Koivu and Kaprizov, and I'm getting mixed up. Hopefully that's the last time I get those two guys mixed up, because, uh, yeah, that's weird, right? Koivu, uh, most of the time, looked on as the number two center, in my humble opinion. Um, I'm not trying to be a jackass. I, I'm, I'm not, but I'm leaning towards Ring of Honor versus... The uh, the whole uh, re uh, retire his number deal. At the end of the day, the people have spoken. I did put up a poll, as I like to put up a poll. I'm going to try to do this weekly if I can to get something out there, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it on the first segment and, re and rehash it briefly in the in the third segment, the fan interaction segment. You agree 100% about Miko Koiva's number being retired? Again, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Wonderful, really. If I have enjoyed my time on Twitter the last couple of years here, and Derek Felsk has been a big part of getting that thing really, you know, headed in the right direction. It was picking up, but Derek really got it going. You know what I'm saying? It was getting a little better, and <laughs> Derek was kind of jumping on board around that time, and it was good timing. It was like striking my lair and was hot, we'll say. Um, I'm surprised about the reaction, how, how good it was. Pretty good, uh, pretty good amount of people reacted to the uh, poll. I put absolutely 100%, or Ring of Honor is enough. Uh, at least at this point, it looked like Koivu, uh, the absolutely, was going to win in a landslide, but Ring of Honor caught up. Forty, uh, excuse me, 57.1 was absolutely 100, so yes, people believe Koivu's number 9 should be retired, versus the Ring of Honor is enough, just under 43% at 42.9 at the end of the day. So, and uh, Sebastian Barton, uh, Blackspace said, Ringer, uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't deserve to have his number retired, should be a Ring of Honor. Totally feel that argument. I totally, totally feel that argument, and certain other people that are, are you know, fairly prominent in the writing industry may feel the same way as well, uh, and such. Uh, fairly prominent, at, at very minimum, in the blog industry, maybe not the athletic, if you know what I mean, but, um, yeah, at very least, in the blogging industry, may feel the same. I don't want to name names, because I don't want to start anything with anyone. It's just not worth it. Start anything with, uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, I'm friends with the person. I don't want other people to give them a hard time, this and that. Something is wrong with this uh, phone charger. Don't you just love when phone chargers start to go down the you-know-what? Bullcrap. Uh, they just heard it bang against the metal there. So let's get back to the games a bit. But I uh, had to get into Koivu a little bit. This and that. And I'll kind of get back to him here and there. But obviously some wonderful seasons. But to me, I mean, to me, I don't think it's a slam dunk or an empty net goal. <clears throat> I don't think it's an empty net. Since we go from slam dunk to empty net, that uh, Miko Koivu is... <laughs> <laughs> that Miku Kuevu is a uh, should should have his number retired, especially right away. You know that kind of thing. Some some players they waited like decades. Like I mentioned, they waited decades to retire Kevin Lowe's number. But I suppose again that's because Kevin Lowe was probably more on the Kuevu tier. You have the Goretzkys and the Messiers, which so is like, oh, he retired there. Well, okay, his number's already up there. Uh, it's up there tomorrow because it's Wayne freaking Gretzky. Uh, Mark Messier, the mas the Messiah. I don't like to use that word. <laughs> I don't like to use that word for a human being, necessarily. Just uh, only one that was here for their 33 years and uh, went back up to heaven. That only that one, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, let's move on to where I need to be. I apologize for um, for getting religious on you. So yeah, people are going to be all mad at me now, right? <laughs> no. Philadelphia Flyers game five to four again. I mean, I'm not going to babble on and on and on and on about game reviews. Of course, I babbled on and on and on about Koivu. What a sloppy game. I mean, we won. We ended the losing streak. We being the Wild, of course. We beat the Orange Jerts in 
I love the Philadelphia Flyers uniforms. Can I tell you that? Can can I say that? Out of I love their logo. I love their uniforms. I like the ones that have black with orange and all that. But then the orange with black, obviously classic look. I just love Philadelphia's uniforms. I hate the fans. I hate Philadelphia fans. They're complete jackasses. We experienced that uh, personally in Minnesota a few years ago when the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, of course, crushed the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC title game. Worst memory ever. Uh, Ryan Hartman went from a guy who hadn't scored in eons to scoring two goals and having um, multiple point games here during the course of this week. Ryan Hartman, what a wonderful week. Nice to see the Ryan Hartman we saw earlier. So, okay, Dave Gagne, welcome back. (laughs) Dave Gagne, of course, drafted by the New York Rangers. Did nothing there. Wound up with the North Stars uh, later on and had a wonderful career and such. And I believe played on a couple other teams as well throughout his career, if I remember correctly. I'm getting everyone mixed up. I've seen worse games, obviously, but I've certainly seen better as well. <laughs> Run into him is kind of all over the place. Connor DeWeer actually ended up getting scratched versus the New York Rangers because, I don't know, I mean, DeWeer, you'll see some moments here and there, but he doesn't he doesn't finish really in like five points in 23 games. It's one of those kind of things. He's kind of like his counterpart, uh, Mr. Giroux, Damien Giroux, not Claude, Damien Giroux. It's easy to get those mixed up when I'm looking at a Philadelphia lineup. Um, basically, Damien Giroux's level of production in the AHL which is kind of depressing, to say the least. Nice to see Kalen Addison continuing to get action more and more now. Of course, still no Dumba at the moment. And whew, don't get me a start on Dumba versus Dallas. Ooh-wee. Uh, but Kalen Addison, again, getting some action here. Continuing to develop now with Minnesota. It's one thing about letting players cook, you know, letting players develop, so to speak, as they say, in Iowa, like Marco Rossi. But I think Addison's a little closer. I think he's a little closer. Obviously, he's drafted earlier than Ra- Rossi. Drafted, you know, in a, he's a little bit older than Rossi. And again, Rossi missing the entire season last year. Uh, anybody anybody uh, yelling at you for, for daring to say Rossi should stay in the AHL this year, I think they're being a little crazy. Like, settle down a little bit. You know, if you're going to bash somebody for saying Rossi should stay in the AHL. I, I don't think that's a stupid take at all. Come on. You know, I mean, seriously. Boldy stayed. And Boldy didn't miss an entire season. Uh, and Boldy stayed last year and even started this year there, a bit partially because of the injury. But, yeah, now look at Boldy. So, and look at the two stars in uh, New York. They just said, oh, yep, welcome to New York. But they didn't play one second in the AHL. Yeah, welcome to New York. Good luck to you. And they haven't done Jack. Um, speaking of Jack, like Jack Hughes, it took him forever in New Jersey. He's just finally starting to break through a little bit. It doesn't really help. It doesn't really help. It's, it's great to see them in that nice, fancy uniform with their number. And, my God, here they are. This is the most exciting thing ever. And, yay, they got like 10 points in 50 games. Wahoo. <laughs> you know, that's not a good thing. Uh, something funny about Philadelphia. I mean, it's just like one familiar name after another. We mentioned the two coaches, Yo and John Torchetti. It's just amazing how hockey... Guys kind of forgive and forget, or they, they just stay friends. They were never enemies, which is cool. Obviously, Fletcher ended up firing Mike Yo, but still like had a beer with them, and they were kind of having you know a teary conversation with each other. John Torchetti, of all people, replaces Mike Yo, and then look at that. They're all together again on one of the worst teams in the league. And a lineup with Jerry Mayhew on it. <laughs> Jerry Mayhew, yep, which is kind of funny. Good for him. Good to see him in the NHL, but he's not that spectacular. Nick Steeler is a name that's being mentioned with trade possibilities to Minnesota, much less my Dumbo offer. I suppose, again, 
you're looking for size and cheap. Well, Nick Steelers' size and cheap, definitely. And it's nice to see him back in the National Hockey League after missing a whole year last year. Not with injury, but just not playing. Um, so nice to see Nick Steeler in the NHL. Wouldn't be a bad idea to come back to Minnesota to, to help in the back end. And I still stand by that. Obviously, Susie, I got a hard no from uh, Derek Falsco. We'll get to that into the fan interaction segment. Understand, Understandably, because he's making almost $3 million a year. So it's just one of those things. It's... I, I was afraid I was going to be met with that type of response because, yes, he is expensive. And that's why some people were like, they're okay with letting him go because of that. It's it's a little on the expensive side. So, Steeler obviously is very, very, very on the, very much on the cheap end. He's not as good as Susie. It's ironic, though, because Steeler actually was ahead of Susie for a little while there in Minnesota. Uh, Susie was barely, try, barely cracking the lineup, and Steeler was like, you know, like he was on the second pairing for a minute or two. It looked pretty darn good, actually. And then things got weird because Mr. Paul Fenton got weird. <laughs> Let's just say Fenton got weird bringing in a guy, was it Anthony Batato, I believe? A very forgettable player, but a very uh, rem- uh, very cool name to remember, I suppose. Batato, Tony Batato came in, and that bleeped everything up because Batato basically was an AHL-level player, and due to the cap situation, we couldn't send him down to the AHL. Great, great move there, uh, Paul. So then that put Sealer in the press box and messed everything up because Sealer was actually playing okay at the time. Uh, okay, there I go babbling on and on. But of course, again, I would hope fairly, fairly interesting conversation, I suppose. It wasn't a very interesting game necessarily. It was just nice that we ended up winning at the, the highlight of the night. Not only that Frederick Goudreau continues to actually score goals all of a sudden with his eighth, but that Ryan Hartman got his 20th and 21st. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Uh, uh, both cases tying the game up after falling behind with, in Philadelphia. Mm. Mm. one nothing and 3-2 to two and 2-1. Two to one. It was kind of like Game 7 versus the Colorado Avalanche in 2014. Yeah, and then it was 4-3 to three Philadelphia, and then 4-4. Four to four, Matt Boldy tying it up with about 8 minutes left, and then Brodeen scoring just moments later. Ooh, what a very, very, very powerful release. Only his fourth goal of the season. It felt like he should have more. It's crazy how both Brodine and Dumba only have four goals this season. Dumba, Mr. Mister, like 20-goal, powerful, dumb bomb shot. Four goals. Hmm. Fiala? Dumba? Are you sure? Are you sure now? <laughs> I may put the poll out again. I may actually create a poll. Last time, the first time I created, uh, it was just a question and answer type of thing, which actually ended up being really fun and really cool. Uh, that ended up being a really fun show and fan interaction segment, throwing that in there. Wouldn't mind uh, creating a poll for that one. I, I, mm, yeah, well, both of them both of them create messed up turnovers, but it's just funny. This was literally like the 2014 Game 7 Colorado Avalanche game, but this is Philadelphia and stuff. Yeah, this is Philadelphia, maybe the worst team in the league, and you're falling behind like four times in the game, four times. Four. <laughs> This game is fucking horrible! With that said, I've got a long way to go, so I better shut the hell up and move on. I apologize that I dragged that on, but of course we talked about Koivu and Yahoo. Obviously it's an important topic. It is, regardless of how you feel about them, it's important. Buffalo Sabres, was it Stanchion Gate? Was it bad luck? Was it a was it a shitty bounce? As Mr. Uh, and pardon my French, as Mr. Devin Dubnik said, I had the soundbite, and that computer was, you know, well, it just blew up on me basically last June, as, as I was doing Brave the Wild. Yeah, it blew up at me, or blew up on me, as I was going to do a show, if I remember correctly. 
I think it was Brave the Wild. I think it was. And then, yeah, I had to delay the show or something. Yeah, I was doing, yes, I was doing uh, State of the Wild and State of the Timberwolves at the time in June. Yep, so it wasn't like, obviously, like regular season or anything. But, yeah. Anyhow, Minnesota Wild versus Buffalo. What a mess. What a nasty, stupid mess. And Casey Metalstad scored his second goal of the season, too, to open things up. Wasn't that cool? Don't you feel good seeing Casey Middlestat score and Kyle Oposo? See, Minnesota ties, you know, see, it's Minnesota ties. It just makes you feel so nice seeing these guys score. Made you feel even better watching Jeff Skinner score and taunt uh, Kevin Fiala after I have, I still don't know what happened there. I don't know what that was. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I don't know. Uh, one way or another, the puck suddenly was going a different direction. I, I guess it was Fiala's fault because Jeff Skinner reminded him of it with the F-bomb right to his face. It's your effing fault, with obviously saying the entire word. Um, Fiala had scored nine minutes earlier to the, to, the, to the second, nine minutes earlier to tie the game up. Obviously, Fiala, very, very strong week, to be quite fair, except for the turnovers. <laughs> He's scoring goals. He's creating great chances. And uh, either, either for himself or for others, him being Kevin Fiala. And then he's having weird turnovers, weird situations. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov continues to dominate multiple goal game. Like I said, he's on pace for 106 still, and he's at 71 points already. I've never seen that happen with the Minnesota Wild player at this stage in the season with 70 points in March. I have, at the beginning of March, I have never seen that happen. Um, Jeff Skinner, obviously a very talented player, had a couple of down crappy years after being spectacular years ago, I believe he went to, yeah, he went to Carolina and was disappointing. He was pretty good with Buffalo in the past. Now he's doing really well again. 23 goals on the season, multiple goals. And again, the first one was taunting. The second one was just kind of fired up, this and that. One of the sloppiest games I've ever seen. And I'm not really that mad at Capo uh, Kakinen. He wasn't good in the game. To be fair, he was not. He gave up four goals total. Obviously, the fifth was an empty netter, 5-4 to four victory for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, it was, there were multiple turnovers in the game where Kapokakinen was stuck one-on-one -on -one with the player. I believe just Skinner could have had a hat-trick in the game. Kapokakinen made some pretty nice stops. So, to be fair, again, it was a weird game. If you want to rip Kapokakinen, we'll have our opportunity coming up next. Because <laughs> everyone sucked in the Dallas game. Everyone. Just about. Um, but nice to see Harbin get his 22nd goal of the season. Sorry for the lip smacking. Casey Middlestat, Mr. Six Points on the season with a multi-point game. It's just, hmm. I'm, you know, loved him with the Gophers, but that's another example of a guy that went too fast. Just high school, freshman year college pro. Stupid. 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 You know, come on, guys. Come on, you know, some certain players shouldn't just rush right to the pros. I don't care how good you look in college or in high school. Casey Middlestat, the first couple of months in Minnesota, didn't do a whole lot either. And then, okay, he's coming around. But it's college compared to the National Hockey League. Like Mr. <laughs> Jacques Lemaire would say, this is the NHL. Yeah, there's a big difference. So, it is what it is. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov's second goal of the game put the Wild in position to possibly uh, create a furious rally and a win which the Wilds, we thought, had another chance versus Dallas as well. Both end up coming up short, and we get to flush them out, as Kevin Follins would say. Just flush this one out. <laughs> no, we lost to Buffalo. 
I don't care if it's in Buffalo. I don't care if it's tough to play. I don't care if it's a back-to-back. You lost to Buffalo, and in weird fashion. Weird. Weird. And then Dallas. You get a day off. You get to play the hated Dallas Stars who are surging and catching up to Minnesota and possibly pushing us out of playoff contention completely. Out. You go from a team that's in first place and everybody's dancing on the clouds. I can't stop looking at this. I can't stop looking at this first place uh, standings with Minnesota in the central. I can't stop looking at it. It's November. It's November. It's December. I don't want to start calling you names, but I almost did just now. Why? I, I mean, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be a fan. First place in December and November, though. I mean, really? Can, can we settle down, please? It doesn't look that good right now. you know. And even even if you finish the season in third place, it doesn't mean you had a sucky season. But at the same time, why are we going crazy about being in first place in November, December? There is one thing I care about when it comes to really celebrating, and that's winning playoff games on the road, at home. That's winning playoff series that ultimately lead to the goal of goals. The, <laughs> the ultimate holy grail of professional sports, the Stanley Cup. That's what I care about, honest to God. Because, well, we've been to the Cup Finals tw- twice in the history of Minnesota hockey. North Stars in 81, North Stars in 91. And here we are, you know, 30, 31 years later, still waiting for a Stanley Cup Final appearance. We got to one conference final many years ago. That was almost 20 years ago already. So let's get, let's get back to where you need to be. Same with uh, winning a national championship in college hockey. That was a wonderful year, 0203. What a wonderful time for Minnesota hockey that truly was. Kirill Kaprizov, a multi-goal game versus the Dallas Stars. He was a big part of that furious rally after the Wild went down by too many. 4-1 to one to Dallas. 4-1 to one after an awful, horrendous third period. Horrendous. We get to see Riley Tufty finally score a goal and be fans saying, I love him, though. I love him, though. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything since uh, coming out of college. And, you know, <laughs> I appreciate what Riley Tufty has brought. And he's, he's got that winning. Uh, he's been around a lot of winning and uh, with Minnesota Duluth and all that. I respect that. Believe me. But I'm just saying he hasn't done a whole lot at the pro level yet. So just being honest about it. I'm glad you love him. Uh, and I'm glad Dallas fans love Jason Robertson. I think Minnesota fans are kind of ticked off and annoyed. And it feels like he's kind of rubbing it in our face. Like, oh, yeah, you have Kaprizov, but I'm better than you. It is kind of ironic how both of them scored their 27th and 28th goals of the season in the game. I, I love that Kaprizov was able to respond to that during the furious rally of the third period, as we all like to make fun of. That Judd Zelgad started that uh, funny uh, phrase years back during the Studer Parisi era, where he made furious rallies versus the Dallas Stars in the postseason that wound up amounting to nothing, unfortunately. It was cool to watch, but, but we still lost. You know, I mean, he's still lost, so it's not too fun. Uh, Suter was able to score, unfortunately, or was able to get an assist, pardon me, on Joe Pawelski's goal. Joe Pawelski, as a wild power penalty kill, pardon me, continued to stink hardcore, getting up at least two in the game, which I think, yep, there was two two, uh, two penalty power plays, pardon me, in this game. Fourth line finally did something. That's what put the wild up one to nothing. It would have been like eons since anybody had scored on the fourth line. Well, other than Bukestad, pardon me. DeHaime had been a mess. He'd been he'd had some moments here and there, but then it's like next thing you know, he's stumbling around and losing the puck. It was just it drove me crazy. The kind of stuff that gets you sent to the AHL for someone else that might be playing better. But unfortunately, maybe that's just not the case at the moment. 
Stern was able to score a pretty nice goal his ninth of the season to put the Wild up one to nothing. But after that, it was four straight for the Dallas Stars. Again, the furious rally with uh, Zuccarello's, uh, excuse me, yeah, Zuccarello setting up, helping set up Kaprizov twice, Fiala getting one of the assists and one of the goals. And then next thing you know, J.B. Ben, after the Dallas Stars, what did they airball, basically, a basketball term here? They airballed, what, like four empty net possibilities. Jamie Ben then finally buried it right after, and then just right after Kaprizov's goal. It was so depressing. It's like, well, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. Five to three, Dallas. And then Robertson, frickin' hat trick. Uh, uh, trick uh, on an empty net goal just to make it more and more frustrating for us and the Dallas Stars win in a sloppy awful terrible game where the Wild looked like crap most of the way Kaprizov had his multiple goals but everybody was turning the puck over the Stars were out physicaling the Wild they were faster and it just felt like they quote unquote wanted it more which is really annoying you know why why do we have to say that because it's the truth, unfortunately. Uh, March 8th, happy 44th to my brother. Yep, 44 years old on March the 8th. 5-2 victory for Minnesota, not for New York. This time it's Minnesota. And the MVP goalie, basically, is what he's been for the New York Rangers. Not in that. It was Gargiev, who was, oh, it was okay. He's uh, he's adequate, but he's not that good. He's like He gives up like three goals a game. And the Minnesota Wild were able to take advantage. And Cam Talbot was actually pretty sharp. Kakinen was not versus the Dallas Stars. Pardon me. Uh, Kakinen was not sharp versus the Stars. In fact, he kind of stunk. He gave up four goals in both Buffalo and against the Dallas Stars. But it was much uglier versus the Stars, to be quite fair. Uh, there were some unlucky bounces in that game. But versus the uh, New York Rangers, the Minnesota Wild looked like the Wild again. You know one of the reasons for that? Ryan Hartman scored a goal. Yeah, Ryan Hartman scored a goal again. But then, the big story of the night, finally, a guy that not everybody looks at as like, wow, oh my God, oh, oh, thank God he's back. But all of a sudden, it really matters now. Jordan Greenway finally returned from injury, and the grease line was back together again, together again. And Felino went from a guy who was really struggling and invisible with like a point in like 12 games or something like that, approximately, to a guy that had three points. <laughs> three points for Marcus Foligno. Jewel Erickson X scored a goal, and Greenway had an assist. The grease line is back, and the Minnesota Wild were completely different. Because it's not only the fact that that line was back, but it kind of put everything back where it needs to be. You know, put all the parts back where they need to be. Guys aren't playing with, uh, you know, odd combinations and such, where it just doesn't work the same. You know, like Felino moving up to the second line or first line. It's just not the same. He is perfect where he, where he is uh, with Eck and uh, Greenway. And those guys worked well, so well together, offensively and defensively. It made a huge difference. And Hartman had his third goal of the week, which is wonderful. 22 goals in the season for Ryan Hartman. Really nice to see. Really happy for him. <clears throat> 23, yeah, that's what I thought, 23. I apologize for that dumbo there. I apologize on my part. Kevin Fiala, multiple goals, again, scoring on the power play. A huge, 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 huge statistic in this game that changes everything. It, it just changes everything when you put this into perspective. The Minnesota Wilds, <laughs> see, you know how the Wilds' power play has been terrible, right? And the Wild lead the league in penalty minutes, right? So you put that together, and you're like, we're, you know, that, that's that's a huge reason why the Wild could be losing games, could be struggling. We, we stink on the power play. 
the goaltending's not been so good, or penalty kill. I keep saying it wrong, the penalty kill. Um, New York Rangers had zero power plays in the game. Zero. The Minnesota Wild had no penalties called on them. Talk about anomalies. That, that is a urban legend right there. No penalties at all in the game. So no opportunities for New York. They wound up with only two goals. Talbot was fairly sharp. He only faced, what, 24 shots in the game. 20, 25, pardon me. And the Wild end up escaping with the victory with a 5-3 to three win. It didn't come without an ugly play, though. A terrible. Uh, Matt Zuccarillo, I don't know if he was tripped or what the heck happened, but the Wild were on the power play, and Zimnijad ends up taking the puck away from Zuccarillo made him look like a fool. And Zuccarillo, of course, who was a New York Ranger alum big time, uh, looks like a fool there. And Zimnijad just took the puck away. Was there a trip? Hard to say. So I'm not going to just automatically say Zuccarillo sucked and looked stupid. <laughs> but uh, Zimnijad made him look bad one way or another. Had one-on-one -on -one with Talbot, and that was the play of the game for the New York Rangers, ultimately. But Fiala, a couple of beautiful highlight goals. Ultimately, the goal that made it 5-2 to two was a beauty. A beautiful pass by Zuccarillo and Fiala. Just right place, right time, a great play. That was fun. Absolutely fun. But both of Fiala's goals were beautiful, along with uh, Felino again. Wonderful second period for Minnesota, as there were no goals in the third. <clears throat> Three goals in a row for Minnesota. It felt like a million dollars in an eight-minute period. That changed the game, and... Away we go. It felt so damn good. felt so damn good after blowing a two-goal lead, the most <laughs> most dangerous lead in hockey. It's been a very long first segment, but I guess not that long. Maybe about four or five minutes longer than normal. Of course, we had to talk about Koivu and all the drama and all the good and bad with this week. Mostly bad, but a very nice finish. Thank God versus the New York Rangers. Hopefully the Wild can uh, head closer in that direction versus going back the other way again. With the grease line intact again, it's a good feeling. Uh, Dumba was terrible versus the Dallas Stars. He was better versus New York because everybody was. Um, just hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this uh, getting these guys back together really uh, will help make a difference for Minnesota. Uh, it also helps when you win faceoffs too, doesn't it? Jewel Erickson Eck, 9-6. Ryan Harmon, 9-6. What is up with these numbers? Frederick Goudreau, 9-6. Now, how does that happen three times? I don't know. Somebody fill that one in for me. Might as well have been Sturm 9-6, to too. Or 6-9, to nine, I don't know. But how that happens, I'm not sure. It's a glitch or something. Some strange anomaly. And zero penalty minutes for Minnesota. Zero PIMS, as the young people like to say. But I'll stick with penalty minutes because I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn old son of a gun. With that said, we'll uh, pass out the awards for this, uh, for this uh, show anyway. The Mike McDonough Award, it's going to go to Ryan Hartman. What a wonderful week. What a wonderful week for Ryan Hartman. He looked like Ryan Hartman again. It's that simple. Uh, without Ryan Hartman showing up versus Philadelphia and obviously scoring a big goal versus the New York Rangers definitely helped things head in the right direction. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the Wild would have done, but uh, he saved the day versus Philly. No question about it with a multi-goal game. Certainly helps in a game where the Wild were losing forever. <laughs> Twelve game tying goals, of course. <clears throat> Hartman gets that. The James Shepard Memorial. I, I don't I don't know. I do I want to give it to either goalie? Not necessarily. Uh, neither goalie was that good, to be fair. Um, Dumba was pretty lousy versus Dallas. He was better versus New York, and I know I'm gonna offend everybody in town now if I trash Dumba for sucking versus Dallas, and I think I lost some followers. 
during that game because I was going off. I was really mad. And I was going off on Twitter, and I, I lost at least a couple people, <laughs> at least like four, I think, on Twitter. So I apologize. If anybody was about to unfollow and didn't, thank you for not doing that. Um, last couple of times, it seemed like Deham, he was such a mess out there. I thought he was a little better this week. Nothing great. John Merrill's definitely dropped off. Maybe we'll give it to him. He's not been as good lately. Um, and he's a bigger guy, so you'd think you'd see a little more out of him. John Merrill's done disappointing, so it'll be kind of a fairly semi-gentle because it's a lot of guys that could get it. Ulukov's had some terrible games at times. He's not been as good as he was earlier in the year. So it's kind of like a committee, a lot of the defensemen in general. Uh, Spurgeon was humiliated on, a, on one of the plays versus the uh, Stars as well. It was really bad. Like Spurgeon got embarrassed. Brodeen got embarrassed. Brodeen and Spurgeon got embarrassed in that game. So, I mean, that's how bad the Dallas game was. So it's kind of a committee, the defensemen, generally speaking, during the course of this week, even worse than the goalies. With that said, we'll take a quick break. We'll preview four more games coming up right after this. The Detroit Red Wings coming up tonight, and then you got Nashville on Sunday. Of course, you have Columbus back to back, so Thursday, Friday at Detroit, at Columbus. That can't be that easy. Host Nashville for Miko Koivu, and then Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins, Minnesota Wild, host the Boston Bruins next Wednesday, as we'll talk about them on next week's show, I would assume, right? Safe assumption? Safe? Okay, let's move. <laughs> Detroit Red Wings, of course, a team the Minnesota Wild beat. Fairly easily, not too long ago. Obviously, some talent on the roster, but still kind of a work in progress. They have a wonderful general manager who would have been a nice GM for Minnesota many years ago, but it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, they got a postponed game earlier, and then on the Minnesota Wild beat Detroit 7-4. to Kind of a sloppy game in a sense, but, it's, but you score seven goals. You can't complain a whole lot about that. Detroit is only one and four in their last five. They lost 10 to 7 versus Toronto. 10 to 7 versus Toronto. They're, they're giving up a couple goals a game. Just a few, you know. It's not, not that bad, though. A 4 to 3 win versus Carolina. Wrap your head around that. They beat the Carolina Panthers, the best team. Carolina Hurricanes, pardon me, the best team in the East right now. Even better than Florida and Tampa. But then they lost to Florida and Tampa. Okay. So, uh, 3 to 1 loss to Tampa. 6 to 2 demolition derby versus. The Florida Panthers. And then, are you ready? Do you hear this? March the 8th. I don't know how this could happen, but it did. The Arizona Coyotes <laughs> beat Detroit 9-2. to Okay, that's great. Um, wow, Detroit, you guys suck. Tyler Bertuzzi, illness says of March the 9th. Denny... Kekiser, Kekiser, Keki DeKessier. Okay, I apologize. Undisclosed injury is on March 8th. Carter, Rowney, March the 4th. I'm starting to turn to Sid Hartman, mispronouncing everything. Uh, Dylan Larkin, of course, with 
27 goals and 30 assists on the season. Would love to have him on Minnesota, but uh, it's just not going to happen, I'm sure. 57 total points, great season, Tyler Bertuzzi. But, of course, with that illness, so we'll see what happens there. 48 points in 49 games, so wonderful at top, at the top with Detroit. Very top, heavy club with a lot of okay players here and there. Goaltending's been bad. Defense has been bad. Kelvin Picard, only two games that he spent most of the time in the AHL, three goals a game. He's actually got the best numbers, but a very tiny sample size and only three games out there, two games, only one start. Alex, Alex, <laughs> Nedeljevic, uh, my goodness, 3.2 goals against average. One shutout on the season. Save percentage just above 90. Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice out of Germany. 88% save percentage. 3.65 goals against average. Not the New York Islanders anymore, is it? Mm. Some of these guys, they look so good on certain teams with certain coaching staffs and nice defense in front of them. And then they go to teams like Detroit and Ottawa and whoever and just, you know, my goodness, it's a different world. It's a completely different world. Lucas Raymond's also been wonderful. For Detroit, generally speaking, Sam Gagne, everybody's fourth uh, favorite fourth line center, everybody dying for Sam Gagne years ago. Nick Letty, almost forgotten on Detroit. Some people even bringing his name up to come to Minnesota, which would be really cool if he was able to come full circle. He is a gorgeous, sparkling minus thirty-two on the season <laughs> in, 12, in fifty-two games with only twelve points. Una, only one goal. Mark Stahl has been invisible pretty much. He's never came close to his brother's excellence. Eric had obviously a great uh, career. Mark with only 10 points in 50 games, 9 assists on the season. Minnesota should be able to take care of business. Some people are predicting the Wild will lose to Tampa. You know, and that was right, that down predictions. Mouse stopped working just now. I don't know why that is. Why? This is a good mouse. There's, I, I don't get it. What's going on? Uh, I live in a world of nothing wants to cooperate with you. Can't be bad already. It's a brand new mouse. Can't be a bad battery. But in this world, nothing makes sense. I'm sometimes, yeah, it just up and stopped on me. So we'll try our best here to keep moving. I apologize for this. I apologize for that. Uh, I don't know what happened. I had to basically take the battery out and put it back in. Where is the mouse golf field? Okay, Minnesota will beat the Detroit Red Wings. Let's move on here very quickly. Minnesota should be able to take care of business versus Detroit. 5-2 to two victory, just like the New York Rangers. Similar. I think the Wild are going to get a little win streak here, at least with Detroit. <laughs> at least with Detroit. We'll see what happens with Columbus. Uh, most likely guy to score in the game is going to be... Matt Dumba is going to finally get his fifth goal. It'll be against the Detroit Red Wings. Minnesota wins 5-2. to two. Maybe it's just an empty netter, but he'll get his fifth goal one way or another. He's due for something. And, of course, coming back after missing a ton of time. I had half a mind to say Jordan Greenway. I just think that line is going to be so valuable for Minnesota going forward. Maybe the battery, like, popped out of place. Yeah, because everything's working great now. Let's move quickly. Apologize for getting into random stuff here. First world problems, man. Columbus Blue Jackets. Minnesota heads to Columbus right away. A back-to-back -back situation. I expect Talbot versus Detroit and poor Kakinen versus Columbus, which, unfortunately, one way or another, how you look at Kakinen, I don't know. And and Detroit was, like, last place in a lot of things, and their numbers were bad. Columbus is a little different. They're 10th in the league in goals. They do give up a lot of goals, though, 28th in that category. That's not good, obviously. They're very good at not getting in the penalty box. Fourth in the league, so fourth best penalty minute situation. Minnesota's up to 27th, and that's what happens when you have zero penalty minutes. Penalty kill 23rd for Minnesota versus Columbus is 16th. So this is kind of a reciprocal you're going to see here, similar. 
23rd power play for Columbus, 18th Minnesota uh, power play. So it's kind of a reciprocal. We're semi-better at the power play and vice versa with the penalty kill. Finally playing Columbus for the first time in eons, and we play him again on March 26th. We'll see what happens. I am going with the loss, unfortunately. Columbus is one of those annoying teams we just never beat, we never beat, especially when we're in their house. They have given up a lot of goals this year. Elvis has been terrible. Uh, he was on my fantasy team early last season and ended up getting cut, and this year I wouldn't even consider him. Elvis, yeah, let's just call him Elvis. Yeah, he's not been a good goalie. Three and a half goals against... He has two shutouts on the season, so occasionally he'll jump up there. But generally speaking, he has been horrendous. If you're if your main guy is giving up three and a half goals a, uh, a game, you're stung, you're stinking real bad. Uh, Boone Jenner, forty four points, twenty three goals on the season. Jacob Voracek, wow, what a great season for us, that part of me. Forty assists, wow, wonderful. Forty assists for Voracek, only three goals though. <laughs> only three goals, unfortunately for him which is weird, but uh, he likes to likes to pass the puck around, obviously, this and that, uh, and obviously set up other people and get juicy rebounds, putting the puck on net and all that cute stuff. Patrick Liney, 22 goals, 20 assists, 42 total points. Bjork Strand, 20 and 20 with 40 there. Zach Warinski, obviously wonderful defenseman who continues to get better and better and better and better. Gustav Norquist, former Detroit Red Wing, is having a solid season as well. Columbus isn't a particularly good team, but they're tough to play against. I don't know. I mean, the Wild, you know, yeah, they're definitely an offensive-minded team. They're kind of like a crappy version of the Wild where the goaltending's not been so hot, uh, but the puck's going in the net, that type of thing, generally speaking. Um, they're like, yeah, crappier version. Fifth place in the Met, 28-26-3 on the season. Mediocre on the power play, just like us. Uh, on the, you know, on the mediocre in the uh, special teams, anyway. Of course, we've been terrible in the penalty kill. Columbus I don't know. It's just a funny matchup. The Wilds should be able to beat this team. That's what that's what's eating at me right now. But I, I just it just reeks like a stupid loss, like a four to three, like a Buffalo kind of game, five to four. One of those stupid games where things just don't go right. Five to four, four to three. Columbus ends up winning. Maybe it goes to the shootout or, or something like that or overtime loss. But Columbus ends up winning the game. Kirill Kaprizov will get his thirtieth goal of the season one way or another. I think he gets to number thirty by this night. If not, he will definitely get it by Nashville. But Kirill Kaprizov will score in this one. But the Wild lose, unfortunately. Nashville Predators, happy Miko Koivu Day, regardless how you feel, if his number should be retired or not. It's a debate, and at least it's a debate. It's not like you're a, you know, you're looked on as a complete idiot, so to speak, for not agreeing. And at least you shouldn't be. Uh, anybody trashing you for having an opinion, I think that's bull crap. Uh, I'll go over Columbus's very recent uh, five games here. I apologize, I should have done that earlier. Yeah, they're playing terribly as well. Only one and four in their last five, but much better games. It wasn't like nine to two and ten to two and all that crap. That's weird. Five to four loss. See, this sounds like what you'd expect: giving up a ton of goals but scoring a lot too. Five to four loss to Toronto. Five to four loss to Boston. Four to three loss to Los Angeles. Who's ahead of Minnesota? The LA Kings are ahead of Minnesota. What do you think of that? They beat New Jersey on March the first. Okay, I'm actually going backwards. I'm going back in time. 4-3 win for Columbus, and then a 3-2 to two loss versus Pittsburgh. So they've been snake bit with one-point games one way or another, one-goal games, pardon me. So maybe they'll beat uh, the Islanders and beat us. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Columbus. Now we play the National Predators, a team that was amazing earlier in the year. And guys like uh, Mikhail Granlin were 
making fans say, what the hell? How can you give up Mikhail Granlin? He's unbelievable. Look, look what we did. You know, blah, blah, blah. Fiala's terrible this year. He's got one goal in five games or something. And now I think I think we can put that to rest. Can, can that ship just sail away, sail away now? Is it okay? Granlin with 42 points. Actually, pretty good year. Nine goals, 33 assists. Fiala 51, though, baby. 51 and 20 goals. What do you think of that? So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want Kevin Fiala. Granlund, I loved you so much. I loved Mikhail Granlund. He was disappointing at times, but generally speaking, I just loved him to death. There is one superstar in Nashville. It's not Granlund, obviously. It's not Matt Duchesne. It's Roman Josie. 60 points on the season. That's a defenseman, by the way. 15 goals, 45 assists. The guy we wish Matt Dumba could be, but yeah, right. Uh, Luke Cunning, 11 goals in the season, 19 total points. Luke Cunning, former Minnesota Wild, being what he is, a third line, fourth line kind of guy. Bottom six, definitely not worthy of a first round pick, but he's okay. Maybe he's another Ryan Hartman, though, where he's going to kind of be like that for a while, and then all of a sudden, okay, 40, 50, 60 point seasons. Okay, maybe he is number one type of pick. First round pick, obviously. Not like a star, but a valuable top six type of guy, which is what Ryan Hartman I hope is. Um, again, would his numbers be the same if he was on a different club like Ottawa? I have no idea. Probably not. Um, but you never know, I guess. Minnesota Wild should take care of business versus this club. Soros has been okay. I'm not talking about George. I'm talking about Jose, or however you pronounce it. Three, three <laughs> shutouts on the season. Goals against average, 92.4. I, I think Minnesota does win this game. I hope it's Riddich in net. That'd be great, because he's never been good. Riddick, Riddich, of the formerly of the Calgary Flames. He's never been that good. I was overrated from day one, in my opinion. The guy who's torched the wild in the past and could do it again is Roman Josie. He has become a bona fide superstar in the league. He is as good a defenseman as there is out there. He's, he's up there with the best. The absolute best. So we can move on from the Supons of the world, definitely. Obviously, it's been years now. And the Ryan Suters and the Shea Webbers. There's something about defensemen in Nashville. It's been really, really a beautiful thing, to be quite fair. Um, it really has. It's been wonderful. Um, it's just sometimes that's what you... Sometimes you're known for a certain thing. Uh, and that's how it is. Minnesota Vikings defensive line forever, basically. Uh, Nashville, they, you know, they have their good games. They have their bad games. They're 3-2 and two in their last five, so that's not too bad. Lower scoring, generally speaking, except one of them. Holy moly, I'm just stunned what I'm looking at here. Chronological order, they beat the or they beat the Dallas Stars 2-1, impressive. Lose to Tampa Bay 3-2, so now there's a deal where they're getting snake bit. It's 4-3 loss versus Seattle. Huh, oof, they lost by one goal there. San Jose Sharks 8-0 over Nashville. Wow, so, whoa, what happened there? <laughs> and they beat the Stars again, them being Nashville 2-1. Seems like that's, yeah, that's been a playoff series before, and it was a pretty good one. Actually, it was a nice series, from what I remember correctly. Nashville's a decent club. Uh, their penalty kill is 17th, which is not good. The power play's 8th. Obviously, when you have a defenseman like Josie leading the way, I mean, holy cow. They're right in the middle of the league with uh, goals, but they're the worst team in the league with 702 penalty minutes. The worst team in the NHL. I believe Minnesota can take uh, take advantage of this. They will win one for Miko. It's going to be a 4-2 victory for Minnesota. 4-2, 4-3. 3 victory for Minnesota. That might go to OT or shootout or all that crap. But Minnesota survives with a win. They will win for Miko. The most likely guy to score will be Jewel Erickson Eck in honor of Miko Koivu. And the Wild get the win versus the National Predators. Boston Bruins, a team that's been a 
pain in the ass for Minnesota forever. Do you think we play Nashville three more times this year? Isn't that crazy? Three more times versus the Nashville Predators, obviously, this Sunday, and then two more coming up. Um, yes, April 5th and April 24th. Okay, so that's how that goes. What just happened? I just lost everything. <sighs> Drives me nuts when it does this. Can reload it. Boston Bruins, of course. They're a team that's obviously very, very talented, but the division's so tough that they're in fourth freaking place. Kind of like the Wild right now, the very tough division. You, you can't call, you can't laugh about a weak division like we did last year. It ain't happening right now. 33-19-3 for Minnesota, still third place. Boston, 34-18-5, fourth place in the Atlantic Division. Some not-so-familiar names on the injured reserve, uh, injured list, pardon me, for... Injured reserve for... Uh, the Boston Bruins are injured list, whatever the heck you want to say. Matt Kreislick, upper body. Oh, boy. Urho Vakinen. Vakinen with an undisclosed injury. And Jacob Zabril. My God, what is up with these names? Torn ACL as of December the 2nd. So, not big names, not household names for Boston. They're 7th in the league with the power play. 10th best penalty kill. They're, they get in the box quite a bit. 24th there. Sixth in goals, seventeenth in goals, four. So they don't score as much as they used to. Boston is three and two in their last five. They beat the Los. What is up with these scores? Seventh, uh, Los Angeles Kings seven nothing. Lose to uh, Anaheim four to three. These are all on the road, by the way. Vegas five to two win, impressive. I remember that one actually. March the third, they beat Columbus five to four and lost to the Los Angeles Kings on March the seventh, three to two. Minnesota did beat Boston earlier this season, three to two in Boston, and then we host them on March the 16th, of course. We'll see what happens. Uh, we shall see what happens here. David Pasternak been unbelievable throughout the, the season, has had a wonderful career. Another one of those guys Minnesota could have had in the draft, but we just didn't. Yeah, we just didn't. That kind of thing. 57 points, Brad Marchand. Mr. Weirdo with 56, <laughs> 56 points on the season. Patrice Bergeron uh, that's Bill Guerin's favorite player ever. And he probably is, actually. He's been so good for them. He wins face-offs. He, he plays defense. He plays a 200-point game. You could just go on forever. And he scores goals. Taylor Hall, who's definitely dropped off from his glory days with uh, Edmonton and New Jersey. Charlie McAvoy, Charlie Coyle. Eric Halla winds up with has that 25 points with eight goals on the season in 54 games. And Mikey Riley, another Minnesota tie with 14 points, 4 goals, 10 assists so far for the Boston Bruins. Nick Foligno, only 10 points. So, again, that's why the Wild didn't overplay for Nick Foligno, and I'm glad we didn't because, boy, think about our cap situation in that case. Sorry for the length of this show. I apologize. It's going to be a long one, apparently. <laughs> Jeremy Swayman has been solid in net. Linus Allmark has been good for Buffalo, but really good for Boston. Well, good, anyway. 2.81 goals against the average. Jeremy Swayman has really emerged nicely, though. Only two goals a game. Three shutouts. So, I think the Bruins beat the Wild, unfortunately. 3-2, three 3-1. to, two, three to one. It's going to be a, kind of one of those type of nights. 93 save percentage. I just don't think the Wild win this game. I think it's going to be a 2-2 two two week. I think Boston and Columbus get the job done versus Minnesota. 3-2 to two game. The most likely got to score in this one will be Kevin Fiala, but the Wild do not end up winning the game. Could even be Ryan Harbin, but let's go with Fiala because he's just been having such a nice run. The Wild have a 500 week, which will continue to frustrate Minnesota fans. With that, let's look at the prospects as soon as possible here.
And as per usual, we'd like to open things up with the Iowa Wild, who've been, you know, kind of what they've been all over the place. Mediocre most of the season, unfortunately, strong start to the year, but generally not that great. Adam Beckman most recently had a multi-assist game, at least. Obviously, he's capable of setting other players up. Only eight goals so far in the 48 games. 26 total points for him. Sweeney's been kind of in. Sweeney's been kind of out. He's been this. He's been that. Marco Rossi's been the main guy, but he has had no points in the last couple games here. Iowa, they play. They don't play. They play. They don't play. They didn't have a lot of good games this past week. They've been struggling off and on. And generally speaking, it's been mostly non-prospect scoring goals, including Victor Rask with six points, five assists in the six games he's been down there. Victor Rask has been, you know, obviously he's been an NHL player, so he's been dominating in the AHL. It's just, just that's just a fact. Like when the Wild sent Brandon Marshall down many years ago, and he was, you know, he was mediocre at best, <laughs> kind of a power you know, a powerful, kind of a goony type of a bottom six guy, and he'd go down to the AHL, and he was unbelievable. He came up, actually played pretty well for Minnesota for a minute there. Alexander Hovanov finally got his third assist in 14 games, now with four points. He'd been so quiet, but finally was able to get an assist on one of the two goals for the Iowa Wilds last night, most recently. It's been it's been a struggle, unfortunately, for this club. The goaltending's been mediocre, Zane McIntyre's actually been really good. Hunter Jones is not. Uh, Iowa was doing well for a minute versus, you know, the same day that the Dallas Stars were playing. Both teams are playing at the same time. And both actually going on. And watched Iowa go from playing well to just vanishing off the face of the earth. That was extremely frustrating. I believe Frost, uh, Rossi had his 26th assist in that game. Since then, it's been quiet. Beckman, though, again, multi-point game yesterday. That felt nice and all that. But unfortunately, Iowa... Continuing to struggle, and Damian Giroux, like I mentioned, only six points in 39 games. Been very, 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 very quiet. Kind of like Connor DeWeer in the NHL. <laughs> DeWeer's actually been slightly more productive in the NHL than Giroux in the AHL. That's, oof, that's not a good feeling at all. I actually had Iowa up. I don't know why I clicked on all this nonsense to screw myself up here. Who's Nadinov? Let's get to Europe, I guess. Might as well jump into that. Who's Nadinov? Three points in four playoff games. That's nice for SKA St. Petersburg of the KHL. He had only 12 points in the regular season, 32 games there. Contract dispute, nonsense. Comes back for the playoffs. Has a goal and two assists in four playoff games, so that feels good at least. We'll continue to monitor how he's doing and all that. But uh, obviously Russia, it's an odd situation and blah, blah, blah. We'll leave that where that is. I don't need to get into that right now. What good would it do if I did? That kind of thing. <laughs> Honestly, what good would it do? Elite prospects. I kind of jump between elite prospects and hockey database when I look at prospects. <clears throat> it's cool to see when there's a projected thing. That kind of comes and it kind of goes. Looks like it's back now. That's where, uh, yeah, that's good. It's back. Pavel Novak. And it kind of depends on who the player is, too, and what the league is, I guess. Pavel Novak, who's been playing in the WHL. He's on pace for 70-plus points here. Great to see. 76. 32 goals, 44 assists. If he's, that's what he's on pace for. 57 points so far in 46 games. 24 of them goals for the Kelowna Rockets. Really nice to see what he's been doing. Nate Benoit hasn't scored a point in a month. He's no, He was at a point a week. He was at a point a week for a while there. Unfortunately, he's still at uh, six. He's on pace for eight. All right, for the Tri-City Storm. He's on pace for eight, baby. Isn't that cool? But uh, it's no longer the Tri-City Storm. It's now the Omaha Lancers. 
The Omaha Lancers. He already got 17 penalty minutes. That's crazy. He was a plus, 15, uh, plus 12 with Tri-City so far with Omaha. Only a minus one. And he's on... He is he is uh, on his way to the University of North Dakota next year. So, all right. The Fighting Hawks, as they like to call him. Um, so, <laughs> that's what they like to call him anyway. <laughs> it, it is what it is. You got the Big Ten tournament and the other college tournaments. And the Gophers ready to get going this weekend. Hopefully to get to the uh, the final and all that cool stuff to win the Big Ten. It's funny how it's going to stretch out for three freaking weeks. A Big Ten tournament three weeks? Gee, I just want to get to the NCAA tournament. But it is what it is. Um, March Madness is a little different in college hockey. Once they get to the actual tournament, it goes so fast. It's just boom, 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 boom. You know, and of course it's one and done like all college sports. One and done. There is no series. Sam Hankes and all of him. He's been obviously Hench's part of me. It's not Hankes. It is Hench's. Uh, having a wonderful senior season. Obviously very productive over a point a game. He did have a goal when he played for USA for a minute there. Uh, <laughs> which was cool. But that's how that goes. 20 points in 17 games. And competing in the tournament there. With the, uh, the frozen face-off and all that cool stuff. Gotta feel good for him. I'm gonna try to bounce around here. I apologize. Yep, Jack McBain, obviously, he's had multiple points in his tournament for Boston College. Obviously, been wonderful. What a great season. There's all kind of debates of what's going to happen with him. Will the Minnesota Wild trade his rights? Will the Minnesota Wild bring him in as a college free agent? 32 total points in 23 games for Boston College as I like to call it. I always like to use the accent with Boston. I just feel it. Uh, massive career-high season as a senior. Was never near a point a game throughout his college career, and this year, way, way above it. He's like the cruel complete off right now for Boston College. Would make a nice center for Minnesota. Powerful guy. Could hit the weights a little bit. A little on the thin side for a 6'4", dude, but 6'4". Uh, still, at least he's over 200 pounds and would bring some of that grit for Minnesota. Obviously, size it does help as long as you can skate. It certainly helps, and Minnesota needs it, but, well, they needed a defense especially. John Merrill has some size, but he certainly hasn't been good. He's, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just aren't that good. <laughs> it's, just all, it's just all you got to say about that. Um, Damon Hunt, obviously one of my favorite prospects in the system, and we keep talking about defensemen and how the Minnesota Wild need to get a, a big guy in the back, back end and all that good stuff. I hope we can do that. I think Steeler is, Steeler's got to be one of the main names out there, right? He's got to be. Not because he's this great player, but because he's, you know, he's, he's not expensive and he fits a need. It's, it's that simple. And then guys like this can fill the need long term. Guys like this, Damon Hunt, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm excited about. He's on pace for 45 points on the season. So far with 34 for Moose Jaw, 16 goals, obviously powerful shots. Love what he brings. He... I, I can't wait to see Damon Hunt, and I, I really do believe he's got NHL in his future. He has been one hell of a uh, one hell of a player in the juniors, only 19 years of age still. Wait, looking forward to him. Um, again, Ryan O'Rourke, all kinds of potential there. He's only 19. He's six foot one, left shot defenseman can help you like a like a suitor, I suppose, going forward. 30 points now in 39 games for the Sioux Greyhounds. He is the captain. He is the captain. Six goals out of those 30 points. Kind of a guy who puts the puck on net and sets other players up. Kind of can do a little bit of everything. And he was solid in the AHL. It's not like he was like, oof, why is this guy here? He looked fine. He looked fine in the AHL last year. 
<laughs> at a whole year younger. He actually held his own in the AHL, which says a lot about him. Jesper Wallstadt, everybody's favorite goaltender for Minnesota going forward. Hoping and praying for the best of this guy will definitely become a star going forward. A Swedish uh, Swedish goaltender, six foot three, of course, as we know. He's uh, he, uh, he had it was funny how he had one bad game and everybody's like, oh boy, here we go. Goals against average is just over two, and that's kind of what the case has been, unfortunately, ever since that bad game where he gave up what's it five goals or something, eleven and ten on the season with a couple of shutouts. Goals against average just above two. But hanging in there, it's Jesper Wallstead. Carson Lambos, obviously, you know, stud defenseman possibility. Again, I mean, the Wild are filled with great defensemen in the in the grapevine. Lambos finally getting things rolling again for the Winnipeg Ice. He missed a significant amount of time. He's still on pace, despite the missing time. He's still on pace for 47 points in 51 games. That's outstanding. That's uh, outstanding, obviously. And he had a quiet spell as well. Nine goals. Nine goals in 34 games, 31 total points. He brings it, and he's a plus 26 on the season for the Winnipeg Ice. Love what he brings. Apologize, there's a tiny bit of background, but it's understandable considering she's got to get to work. So, as will I, very shortly, unfortunately. Jack Pert, of course, also again getting his first experience with some postseason hockey with the St. Cloud State Huskies. Obviously not a larger guy, but a point producer nonetheless. Obviously he was great for Grand Rapids High last year. He was unbelievable, Mr. Hockey. We'll talk about some of that Mr. Hockey conversation going forward. Derek Felska asks which guy has, has the most potential going forward. I think I identified the one. I could be wrong, but I think I've identified who I would pick at the moment. We'll get to that very shortly in the next segment. 16 total points in the regular season, anyway. In 28 regular season games. Canyon Bank here. 19 years of age, of course. Man, he is continuing to... Well, he's continuing to slow down, unfortunately. He was at over a point a game. Now he's last 44 points in 55 games. He's projected at 50, 55 and 68. Going forward, love that projection line. That wasn't there before. And it kind of came and went as well. I'm not sure why they're doing this. I just got kicked off. And I don't understand why that is. It's because they don't like me. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> okay, so I see what's going on. My apologies there. Who was I talking about? Kyle Masters. Only 13 points in 55 games for him at 18 years of age. Obviously kind of a relatively quiet start to his college career, unfortunately, but yeah, he's one of those stay-at-home type of guys. Oh, Josh Pilar, what has happened? What has happened? It's like he stopped scoring. He was kicking ass. He was tearing it up for the Camelot's Blazers and then gets traded and doesn't play forever as he uh, winds up with a Saskatoon Blades. Cool name, Blazers and Blades. I like both of the names, but I think Blazers is a little better. One goal in six games. Ouch. That's it. One goal in six games. So, kind of frustrating way to end the uh, prospect segment. But it is what it is. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right away. We are back here on Brave the Wild, final segment, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and when you want to talk, it's hashtag BTWMN, as Derek will 
let you know as well where was the most recent one i think i'm there actually yeah i was asking about bringing back carson susie people did speak 69.6 so that was cool uh but derek definitely would say hell no later on as we move forward i was saying now i officially have a choice for the worst goal song in the nhl and it's in buffalo are you kidding me party in the usa are 12 year old girls playing yeah i couldn't believe it when i heard that it was uh, it was bad enough how things were going in that game but party in the usa oh my god <laughs> that is pathetic that is pathetic I, honest to God, think the Lioness and Lucy theme from, from you know, Peanuts, Charlie Brown, that da-da-da-da-da-da, like, say, because Chelsea, if you play it fast, like Chicago, when they score a goal, it almost sounds like that for a second. They might as well play that. It, it's better than Party in the USA, and I'm not kidding. It is. Derek responds with, maybe the Wilds should start using it because they played like they wanted that game more than we did, them being the uh, Buffalo Sabres, yeah. Meeb MVP says but it drives their fans crazy. I've seen bigger crowds in a phone booth. Oh, drives their fan crazy. That's what they're saying. They're making fun of it. Yep. Yeah, there was nobody at the game, so I understand that argument. Derek gets things going, says, did did the Minnesota Wild victory over the New York Rangers restore hope in this club, or do you still have a lot of questions? Yeah, but thank you for that. Looks like a couple of people responded to him along the way, because um, there's no BTWMN uh, with uh, these responses. So we'll get to those in a second. So this way I don't miss out on these. I guess there are a couple. Brian says, no silly questions this week besides the goalies. What wild player do you feel has underperformed this year? Sorry, but one victory in the middle of a free fall doesn't make me feel good until they string more wins together. Well, I I think Dumba's not been that great. Uh, obviously, he's been he's been he's been he's better on he's been better like off the ice than on the ice generally. He's been mediocre, only four goals in the season, but he's just one guy. Um, yeah, I, I've not been that impressed with him. I, I haven't been that impressed with Dumba for about two or three years now. Um, that 50-goal season and the pace he was on before the pectoral injury the next year, oh, my God, he looked like a future all-star, like perennial all-star. But ever since then, he's just been okay. He's just been an okay player. Jay Bushy says it's, it's a start, but they need to commit to start playing the entire game, have a commitment to play strong defensive game in all zones and get a strong forecheck going, your thoughts. Amen to that. I mean, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They need to get all of that going. Can't disagree with that. Steve Snyder says, I thought they did well. Uh, I thought he did that well. They did that well last night with the exception of five or so minutes. Heavy on the puck, not so many turnovers, and we stayed out of the box. Let's build off this and see what happens the next two games on the road against teams they should beat, but are both pesky. Yes, they are. Brian Herrera responds back, says, never mind, silly question time. Would would you rather have Link's Master Sword or Mario's Tanuki suit? And I was debating on this for a while, sort of back to the video games, which I really like. I, I like that there's at least one or two video game questions thrown in, especially retro-based, because if you start asking me about Metal Gear Solid or something, I'm going to just kind of not answer it. <laughs> not not to be rude, I just don't I don't play the modern games, or semi-modern now that those are even older. Um... I kept thinking about the Magic Sword, not the Master Sword, like Master Sword from uh, Link's, uh, not Link's Awakening, but A Link to the Past, or the Magic Sword from the original. So I'm going to assume you mean the Super Nintendo one. You know, I love the sword so much, but there's something about being able to fly. <laughs> that, that's probably where I would lean towards the Tanuki suit. I kept saying sword for sure. 
Now I'm going to the tanuki suit. That's obviously the full raccoon. It's the only difference with the tanuki suit versus the the leaf, of course, is you obviously it's a full suit, but you can turn into a statue and make enemies ignore you. So sometimes I like that too. If it's a crowded place, I can get people to leave me alone. Like say, maybe somebody at work wants to ask a stupid question. I'll just turn myself into a statue and they just keep walking by. Like oh, oh Joey's not here. That's just a, a statue. So we'll go with the tanuki suit with that one. Because I can't, unfortunately, I can't use the sword anyway. It's like, <laughs> even though I'd like to, when people ask stupid questions, I'd like to do the, the whirl attack. Get them all away from me. Next, um, Derek says, the wild looked a lot better against the rangers. If you had to rank order the most likely cause for the win to the least likely, how would you rate these four variables? A, healthy lineup, not taking any penalties. Rangers use Gorgiev intense practices practices can be all over the place you know and we won't get into what Alan Iverson said about those <laughs> obviously wrong sport anyway oh boy I think the penalties is number one penalties number one healthy lineup number two Gorgiev see you can have a mediocre goalie in there and that definitely helped compared to what they have the uh, the superstar goaltender, league MVP level goaltender, or Gorgiev is just below is just an average to below average goalie. That's still third place in intense practices as far as because we're talking about practice. Even though practices do help, we're talking about practice, right? Okay, there I go. But uh not taking any penalties, that is a phenomenon. And it has been an Achilles heel for this team. Penalty kill has been terrible and just penalties in general will kill you anyway. Here it comes. Ooh, here it comes. Derek says the Minnesota Wild are going to retire. Miko Koi was number nine on Sunday against the National Predators. Does that help offset the ridiculous number one fans banner? Or is it even more reason to cringe? Um, C2, yep, responded with Koivu was a good player, but it's more cringe in my opinion. I think it... Uh, I'm going to lose everybody now. I think it kind of adds to it. I got a feeling Derek might agree with that. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Because, yeah, the fans thing, that is lame. It's lame. It's really lame, actually. I remember thinking that at the time, way back when I was, like, 20. And when I was 20, I was much more of a fanboy than I am today. Way, way more of a fanboy. I was 21, excuse me, 2000, not 20. Um, Koivu, it's, oh, man, you know. Obviously, he was a good player, but he's not Kaprizov. He's not Gabrick. And Gabrick, unfortunately, didn't play here long enough. That kind of thing. So that's how I look at that. So a little more on the cringing side. He's better than Sam Mitchell, though, say, for the Timberwolves. If the Wolves retired Sam Mitchell, he actually led the Wolves in scoring all time for many years, which is weird. A role player. Here it comes. This is the big one. This is the one that involved a little bit of homework. The Minnesota State Boys Hockey Tournament has at least six players the NHL uh, scouting midterm rankings playing. And, and the tourney, which one do you think is the has the brightest future? Which teams will win it in Class A and Class AA? Um, I think A, it's Hermantown, just because. Double uh, A, I'll have to get back to that in a couple seconds. I just want to list, because uh, he gave me the list of players as well to kind of help things out a little bit. If I have it. Uh, for me, so you listed... Uh, yeah, yeah, the six players they were. You were talking about Alex Bump from Prior Lake, Leo Gruba, Hill Murray, Dylan Godbout, Hill Murray, Western Knox, Andover, Damian Gardner, Warroad, and Zam Plante out of 
Hermantown. Now, Hermantown will win A because Hermantown wins the A all the time. Okay, and that's just who they are. The guy that I have <laughs> circled the wagons or whatever. No, that's probably the wrong term, actually. I'm not needing to defend him or anything crazy like that. But the guy that I have uh, definitely centered around here, it's Damon Gardner. I think he has the brightest future in the National Hockey League going forward. Warwood High School. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 42 goals in 28 games. 38 assists. That is 80 points. 80 points in 26 games. For the USHL's Omaha Lancers, he only had two goals in seven games, so that's one thing to think about. But he's just getting started. Guy's just getting started. He's, he's raw. He's brand new. He's a center. He's six foot four, 201 pounds, and he's just in high school still. Do you understand that? Um, he's from Eagle Lake, Ontario. January 18th, 2004. <laughs> George W. Bush was going for re-election when this guy was born. That's how young, that's how young he is. <laughs> yep, no more of the Clinton years or Bush all Bush just getting an office like some of the current rookies. Um, can you believe that? Uh, th this guy, though, uh, he has been absolutely off the charts. I just think it's him. Warroot High School is no slouch at the end of the day. Um, I think he is the absolute one. But for me, that's the guy. After looking at all the others, wonderful players. Some of them, you know, more stay-at-home defensemen and such. But Damien Gardner, I'm going to keep an eye on him for a long time. And I think I should. And thank you, Derek, for bringing this to my uh, attention. I think it's pretty cool at the end of the day. I'm debating because of this young man, obviously, that War Road could possibly beat Hermantown. We'll see. We'll see if Minneapolis can get past Alexandria. That'll be kind of cool. Hermantown versus New Prague. Hermantown's going to win that, and I, th I do think they win it, but, man, I mean, War Road, uh, it could be very interesting. Matamidae, all these, uh, yeah, Matamidae. Yep, I'm saying it correctly. <laughs> so a lot of people have fun with those, like Wayzata and, and Edina and New Prague. Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, New Prague, Hermontown. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mabel Grove versus Edina, who's not even ranked, which is weird. Edina is like a dynasty in AA. Uh, Creedendurm Hall versus Prior Lake. Hill Murray, which is number one. They have multiple prospects going for the, uh, you know, go, you know, going forward. They're number one in Minnesota. Lakeville South. We'd love to see Lakeville South in honor of uh, Neil Nadok Thiesting. He played for Lakeville, from what I know of. Moorhead versus Andover. Double A is a little tougher. It's like if Edina was ranked a little higher, I'd pick them. Not that I want them to win. I just think they will. Hermantown wins the A though, because they will. Or War Road, but I'll go with Hermantown. War Road would be my second choice. Jeez, it'd be kind of weird. To, it'd be crazy to see Maple Grove win, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Edina kind of shocks everybody and goes all the way again. Uh, I think the cake eaters are going to eat some cake and win this tournament. I, I got. I'm just going to lean that way versus Hill Murray. We'll see if that turns out at the end of the day. But I'm going to go with Edina because I'm crazy. And everybody's going to hate me, but I, I did it. So we'll move forward. Yes, you're probably like, oh, God, Hermantown and Edina. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, I know. Jay Bushy says, yep, okay, that was the start. Yep, that was the one at the beginning. So I read that one, that it's a start with the beating them. Derek Felskis says beating uh, New York. Derek Felskis says Detroit. I feel is a game we certainly should have. We normally struggle in Columbus. Still, staying out of the penalty box is probably the best kill. Uh, yeah, this till this wild can ask for right now. Amen. Yep, that's why we won, I think, versus New York in a lot of ways. Here's a good one. 
Derek says, prospect Jack McBain reportedly has asked Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin for permission to talk to other teams as his college career is probably close to an end at Boston College. The reported asking price at Minnesota is a second-round pick. Is that too high or too low? Um, I definitely don't think it's too high. I I wish I wish we could keep him. He's a center. He needs a, he's a big center. Is it like like he has to be like a top line player right away in the NHL? Minnesota needs to try to keep him. I yeah. Uh, I hope we can keep him. I I hope we can keep him. But I I think second round pick. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I think that's fine. I, I'm not against that. I don't think it's too low either. First round, yeah, I don't think he's necessarily a first round pick, but, you know, first round pick level, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm really hoping Minnesota can keep him. Uh, Brian, yep, I read that one from Brian. And then we asked uh, Mario Tanuki. And the final one, Brian wraps it up. Brian Herrera says, I grew up with the old school cartridge games and loved them. Yep, the, but for me, when the N64 and then PS1 came out, I felt games got more in depth with the stories and gameplay. More t- t- detailed with how you needed to play. Mm. <laughs> I think the stories got worse. I, that's just me, though. I think the stories got worse. In some ways, they were better, sure. More interactive. Like, say, live conversations, this and that. Not literally live, but, you know, like conversations. You, you saw the personalities of the characters talking with each other versus back in the day, it was just text. So I get that part. You can hear somebody's voice and their emotion like, oh my god, you know, here comes the here comes the nuclear bomb or something. I don't know, I'm just making something up. Um, but I don't know, something about it was corny. And I liked, I just liked the, I liked the, the Sprite era better. But I completely understand your take because of the, again, there, in some ways there's more, there's more personality in terms of you can see them interacting with each other. But I don't know, that's how I, that's how I see it. I suppose. So completely understand your uh, your take on that. With that said, it looks like that's it. I hope I didn't miss anybody's conversation. I don't think I did, and I really, really appreciate the involvement and cool questions. Once again, really appreciate them, the fun and the video game thing from Brian. Really appreciate that. Um, really appreciate the, the question. There's nothing silly about it. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's okay to have different opinions on video games. A lot of people like the modern stuff. A lot of people don't. Um, I did not like the N64 at all. I didn't like the controller. Um, PS1, there was definitely an appeal to that. I, I think still to this day, that's probably the best PlayStation system. Most people will be like rolling their eyes right now. But the depth of the games on the PS1 was pretty good at the end of the day. FF7 and some of the old retro arcade games. It was the first time you actually had real ROMs of arcade games, like real arcade games like Galaga, Galaxian, and all them on your TV screen. It was the very first time you really could have that on a video game system. Before that, they were just ports. Like you have Pac-Man on the NES. It's nothing near the real Pac-Man, that kind of thing. So that was kind of exciting and cool, how technology moved forward and ROMs like that became more and more possible. With that said, thank every one of you so much for your interaction to the show. Really appreciate it a thousand percent. Also, again, shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, of course. MNW Prospects, Young Guns, really appreciate you guys so much. Love being a part of that, even though I haven't been able to write this year because the two leagues that I cover uh, do not have Minnesota Wild Prospects in them. Encourage you guys to get into Vigit, the Vigit application, V-I-G-I-T. It's two separate words. It is like a, it is basically like fantasy betting. Social media for sports bettors, you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. 
Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. There's great information on the big like line movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. It is fantasy betting, but it's a lot of fun as we get into all these tournaments and such, college tournaments, and, of course, chasing postseason and, for, and division championships in the NBA and the NHL and all that good stuff. Um, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild if you could on all the different various applications out there, apps like Apple Podcasts and... Uh, Stitcher, uh, Audible, Spotify. I know you can do ratings on those. Sometimes it's just a star rating. Sometimes you can actually write something. Those of you that have, thank you very much. Anybody in the future would appreciate it. Might have a couple of notifications. Nope, it was just a little minor conversation. With that said, again, thank you guys so very much for your interaction with the show. God bless all of you. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Hopefully the Wild end up going 3-1. and one. We'll have to wait and see. And... We'll see how these tournaments turn out and keep an eye on some of those young prospects.